As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so uh, I guess we're rolling. So this is welcome to show number, say it with me, I think it's 18. Tis 18. Oh, I love that. And tonight on show 18, uh, we will let you know that we have Justin tonight. It is I. Now, along with Justin, we both decided to uh, be a dynamic duo. And I decided to wear my Snoopy socks. I like those. And what did you do about it? Well... I also borrowed a pair of socks. So we have Woodstock. Uh, but we're both space-themed, so I'm very excited. Very good. Because that's right right where your heart always keeps flying to. Space. That's right. One day I'll be standing on Mars. So And and I I don't know where I'll be. I'll be somewhere in the heavens by then. Well, and Morgan, you know, she'll be there excited for me. So it'll be great. I'm sure she'll be very excited. We talked about doing a live show from the moon. Well, that's possible. Yeah. Let's roll into the show. We have a long night ahead of us. We have some long reads here. So long reads, which means short answers. But also means <laughs> lots of details for Jerry. Ah, okay. Well, let's see if, let's see if I can uh, keep my attention going. Here we go. Let's roll on. Hi, Jerry. All the way from Scotland. Oh, I love this. Firstly, I'd like to say how much I love your podcast. I was very excited when I heard you were starting your own. So into my problem, if you will. I'm sorry if it's a bit long-winded, but I'd figure I would give you as much detail as I can for you to understand the whole situation. Okay. I, 26 female, have been with my boyfriend, 26 male. Let's call him Andrew for nearly four years now. We live together and also have a German Shepherd puppy. Recently, things haven't been too great with us. I'm noticing things around the house like leaving the lights on when he goes out or not in that room or not taking out the rubbish and just silly things, but things that I naturally do so it does annoy me. These small things then turn into big things and then we end up having an argument to which nothing really gets resolved. I have also just started a new job in the field that I graduated in, but it is night shift, so I like to be in my bed early on the days I'm working, and sometimes it requires working the weekends. However, on the weekends that I'm off, I try to make plans with friends, etc. But Andrew already has a night out planned and usually doesn't come home for a full day slash night, 
and I'm left myself looking after our dog. So overall, we've not been on the best of terms. He is quite selfish with these types of things, and we have talked about it, but again, it doesn't really get resolved. Now onto the scene comes Luke, we'll call him, who's 24. Now Luke and I worked a few years ago together in hospitality, and at the time, I had not been long out of my long-term relationship with my high school sweetheart. Luke was handsome, charming, and very flirty, which I liked, and it felt good to be wanted. So to cut to the chase, Luke and I did hook up a few times, but he was 18 at the time and I was 20, so he was a bit immature and wasn't looking for anything serious, and I think at the time maybe I was. He ended up kissing and being very friendly with a girl I worked with, so I distanced myself, and I was a supervisor in the restaurant, so I decided to focus on my job which was hard, and I did have feelings, and I was hurt by this. He ended up leaving the job to study in another city, and we parted ways on good terms and still had a few work friends in common, so kept touch every now and again. Now cut to a few months ago. Luke replied to one of my social media posts, and we got to chatting. It was nice to catch up since we did used to be pretty close friends. Then he was saying how he was sorry for how he acted all those years ago, and how he would treat me differently now. This was really nice to hear as I had been hurt, and it was nice to see how he had matured and realized how he had acted. And now in my head, I am feeling a bit confused. Is Luke the one that got away, or is it just lust? As I find myself thinking of him often, we still chat daily, all platonic, if not maybe slightly flirty on his side. I feel like I cannot talk to any of my friends about this, and I feel so alone and wondering what I should do. Luke has expressed how he's always had something for me throughout all these years, when he's been single and in a relationship, and I think I have been the same. There's always been something about him I cannot forget or hang on to. So now I'm confused. Am I feeling this way because Andrew and I are in a bit of a rough patch? Is it lust or the one that got away? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, maybe, you know, if you actually had delivered the whole thing with a Scottish accent, I might have been able to, that would have been fun. That that definitely would have been interesting. But for the fact that we didn't, let's, let's see what we can do anyways. Um, we're going to separate your, your, obviously you have, you have two different guys and we're going to take the first one head on. If Luke didn't exist right now, we still have a problem with Andrew. So let's solve that one first, because Luke is just filling, is is tantalizing the garden, should we say, or I don't know, how, another another metaphor, but he isn't the problem. The problem is, is, is Andrew. And you guys are definitely not on the same page. Mm-hmm. You guys are out of sync. And um, I don't know if you got out of sync more so because uh, in the timing that Luke started popping in, you're just getting more irritated and you're looking for a way out and you're looking for that excuse. And you don't have to look too far for the excuse. If, if, it, if, you, if you know, close your eyes and say, am I, am, do I want to be with this guy? Is this what marriage is going to be like? Um, that's your, your, your question. And it's easy. If this is what marriage is going to be like with Andrew and you're happy with that, hang out with Andrew. 
keep it going. But if you're not happy with this kind of relationship, then you got two choices to do. One, you can certainly feel if it's worth it to talk to open a dialogue with Andrew and say, you know, Andrew, we've talked about this. We've been getting kind of irritated with one another. I've said things. You have two choices. One, you can tell me right now we're going to make a difference. Or two, we're going to take a time out because I'm not happy. And I, and we're just becoming more irritated and we're deteriorate, deteriorating the relationship. Mm-hmm. I also am a believer, all bets are off until I say I do. And you could be quite clear that you've dated a guy and he is paying attention. You're not paying attention. And I'm going to open the door for this. And you may not like it or not, but I need to go investigate to see if this is something that's going to be serious or not and make that that determination to go take that challenge. You can be direct by saying, I'm just taking a time out and we're going to separate and not explain about the other person. But you certainly need to say one thing, either I'm in this relationship fully with Andrew and Andrew says, I'm fully in this relationship with you, or you guys take the time out and then go do what you what you need to do. Either be vocal about it with Andrew saying, look, I'm trying to work through what, what I want for our life. Yeah. And, and I need to go check this out because if somebody said, do you guys, do you want to be married to Andrew the way it is for the rest of my life? Andrew, my, my answer would be no, not with the way our relationship is today. And by posing these questions to me, I'm assuming you don't want to be married to him the rest of your life, right. the way that it it's going today. So that's my initial gut feeling. What, what's your take? Well, I feel like it makes sense then too, because if, you really are this tempted and still have all these feelings for the Luke guy, then your relationship probably clearly isn't perfect because if it were, you wouldn't even be thinking twice about Correct. these temptations. Luke, Luke, Luke wouldn't stand a chance. Right. And it wouldn't still be like, well, is it lust? Is he the one that got away? Would you even be thinking these things? I think it's smart to compartmentalize them mm-hmm. think about one at a time because i think at first you got to figure out the shit with andrew and then maybe consider luke after you've determined that but luke is not a deciding factor in your relationship with andrew that is correct uh their ideal outcome was just to get some clarity and guidance on the issue because i can't talk to my friends or anyone else about this thank you well you can talk to us so uh, certainly make, make, make the, take the first step. Is this a guy, again, you can close your eyes and say, I want to be married right now to him? And the answer, I, I don't know the answer. It has to come from you, but listen to yourself. It's back to the gut feeling. Listen to yourself clearly. Yeah. So let us know how you do, and I'm glad that you reached out to us. Got another one for me? Yeah. Well, we're just getting warmed up. Okay. Moving right along. Okay. Hi, Jerry. I'm a big fan, and I love your advice, and was hoping you could help me. My 25 brother, 23, dated this girl, 24, for seven years, and they broke up two years ago after she cheated on him. He's 25, she's 24? Our writer is 25. Yes. Their brother is 23. Younger brother. Right. 
dated a girl who was 24. 24, a year older, okay. For seven years, they were dating. Wow. And they broke up two years ago after she cheated on him. Okay. So brother got cheated on. Within seven years, she became my best friend and really my only friend. Mm -hmm. I have a few friends, but nothing like this friendship. After they originally broke up, my brother made it seem like he dumped her because she quit her job, so no big deal. At the time, she was working for me at my ice cream shop, and once my season ended, he told me what happened, and my plan was to gradually grow apart, and that way, there were no hard feelings. Well, a month later, in October, I found out I was pregnant, and it turns out she was pregnant too with her new boyfriend, now husband. I felt like it was a sign that we were supposed to remain friends. She eventually moved to another state five hours from where we lived. We send a snap every day to keep up on the kids, and we have our little group of friends that, when she comes back to visit, we all get together and have dinner. This last week, she came up to visit, and my brother heard about it and is taking it out on my mom. Our dad cheated on our mom, and they're still friends, and he said he hates that they are, and it's creepy. My daughter's first birthday is coming up soon, and I want my best friend to be there, and my brother says he won't go if she's there. I get where he's coming from, and it would be unfair for me to ask him to put up with it. I absolutely hate what she did to my brother, and I've told her that numerous times. I don't want to lose either one, but I know that probably isn't going to be the case. My mom told me I should tell my best friend, his ex, not to come to make my brother uncomfortable. I know it's what I should do, but I don't want to not invite my best friend. I even feel guilty still calling her that. I think I can relate to a lot of this. I've had some experience. Okay. I think that your brother, I respect that he's hurt. But at one point in life, we got to get over it and realize the fact that she cheated on him just said they weren't the right match. And he got away getting pulled over for a very rapid speeding ticket and let off with, with, with a warning. And he can go on with life and find the right person that will give him all the love and everything he needs. And the fact that she found the right person for her and had a, has a life, that's her gig. He's got to just kind of look the other way and say, you know something, we're, we're adults now. That is the past. Tomorrow is the future and today is today. And not worry about it. And he may say, I'm full of shit, but, you know, life is too short. It really is. I mean, we grow. And if, if anything, he grew from the experience with this woman, and he obviously cared for her because they, they, were, they dated. They were boyfriend-girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So they had feelings. I mean, you, it didn't work out. I can't tell you how many people that I've had in my life romantically that are gone romantically for whatever reason, but we're friends. We can still communicate. I would say 80% of the people that I really cared about that were in my life, I, I, I have relationships with and I talk to, and we're friends. We respect each other that way, and we can laugh about things. We can even laugh about things when we date it. But the the part of the intimacy, that's out of the, it, that goes away. You don't even worry about it. That they have their own intimate moments with the person they're with, and you know it's 
we kind of respect that. We never we never go backwards to have those discussions or think about it. So that's my suggestion: is have a have a discussion with your brother, and see if you can get him on 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 that path and and that acceptance, and then you can have the best of both worlds. I think it's I think that is a perfect world, but I also think that is very wishful thinking. I feel like from from this, the brother is is not there, not even close. So I'm curious of that eighty percent you mentioned. Did any of that involve cheating to where you, with the advice you're giving to hopefully you yeah. know, the brother can see it? Yeah. Did you follow that same path at yeah. one point? I, I took it the fact that we had enough time that we we went on with our lives, we healed, and we we got our, our friendships in perspective of what they are and realized that we weren't the match. And uh, I have actually... And this was not one where we cheated on one another because typically when, when the, we, I understand when you cheat, you've had a break of trust and disrespect. Sometimes you can get by that and say, we just weren't right for one another. And it, it, it's best that that happened. And there's, there was times it, it took longer. I mean, I will say in every relationship that has failed, it wasn't easy at the end. You're not nice. People, I wasn't nice. I mean, you you start things that have nothing to do with the problem becomes a problem. Everything's exacerbated. Mm-hmm. And but once you are free from it and you can step you could take a step back, you can just look and say, "Yo, know, look, we weren't right for one another." Now, here's the, here's the next thing. This is her this is her child's first birthday. This is his nephew or niece's first birthday. Mm-hmm. They are family. They are tied. He takes precedence. She's got to always stand by her brother. Yeah. And if it's if it's making this friend understand that I'd love to have you here, but I got to work through this issue with him because I can't ruin my brother. My brother needs to be at his niece or nephew's birthday. Right. Unless he says it's not important to him, which it's important because it's family. That, that, that is very important. And she's showing the respect and the love for her brother by, by taking that position. And I think that's important. So that makes this really challenging because if you're, if you know your brother still feels that way and there's no, there's no the needle's not moving right now. Well, I, maybe she needs to work harder on getting that needle to 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 take a precedent. That's and her sure, option. That, that that's her option, right? Yeah. Well, and that might happen over time, but for this, this this is imminent. This is coming. Well, so for this particular situation, yes. how do you how do you tote that line? That it's simple. If she can't get him to move, and she can't get him to reason with it. With with the fact that he's willing to do it and he's comfortable with it and he's going to move on, then he, she he, she has to decline her girlfriend from being a part of it. I think it, it, it this is a decision, or she could say, "I've been I've invited both of you. You guys can work it out. You can come or not come. Be comfortable or not comfortable, and put it on their lap." I mean, if she could, that's she can take that ball. She's not telling her brother not to come. Right. 
He can make, he's a big boy. He can make his decision if he wants to put this behind him or not. And what's more important, you know, his ego or being at his niece's, you know, birthday. If, if I was posed with this, and that, that's what this is. It, it, when people say, what does father, what, what father know something? I don't know everything, but I do, I do give you the, re, the response that what I would do. Right. And I would stand tall. And I would go to my niece's birthday and I would make the best of it. And I would ignore the other person there or find a term to say, look, you know, this is our life behind us. And that's the way I typically deal with life. Yeah. And I find it to be a workable solution for me. Yeah. So it's up to him to, you know, you can play this for him if you wish. And maybe that might help him see the light. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I just, I hate being in situations like this where you just have this seemingly impossible decision to make where it's, it feels like you're going to lose one or the other. And that's well, an awful position. How, to how would it, uh, let's, let's, let's role play a second. Put yourself as this brother. You were with this woman that you cared for very much. She cheated on you. She she dishonored you. She she fucked with your radar. She lied to you. Whatever it is, you gave her your heart and you got your heart stomped. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, she's gone and you're you're free and safe and you you're gonna go on and meet somebody wonderful and maybe someone like Morgan. Yeah. Maybe Morgan's not in your life yet. But you see the fact that you that that that's that's done. That that woman's got a child, she's gone on with her life. Well, to it's interesting because the ages actually slightly line up to when similar things happened in my life. Okay. So and if I were twenty-three and this had happened two years prior, which actually pretty it's closely accurate, I probably would be in a similar position at that age to the brother. Okay. What would you do with your niece? Would you go to your niece's birthday and, and let this person control you not to go? Her presence control your action, or are you gonna? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go to my niece's birthday, and no one's gonna stop me. Well, yeah, I'd probably go. I'd probably go for sure. I think it's it's easy to say, "Oh, who's coming?" All right, yep, I'm just not gonna go. It's easy to put that threat out there. I don't know if you actually follow through, but God, would it just be the most uncomfortable thing? And you're not playing into. I don't think you're you're not benefiting the person that cheated on you because you're showing up your niece or nephew's birthday. Mm -hmm. So you're not, you're at least not like, you're not spiting them by not going either. It's just, you're really having no effect. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, you're avoiding the situation, your own confrontation, your own feelings. Yeah. Well, you can make a decision. Do I want to be at my nieces and just not broach that? And I think the fact that she is, she, if she actually goes and says, I honestly am going to leave this up to you. I'm going to I'm going to have the birthday. You know, if the if the if the, her daughter's name is Macy, your niece Macy is going to have her first birthday. I know it'd be wonderful to have you. I don't. I I would hate if you let somebody else's your emotion or a circumstance from years ago control your your movement today. You're an adult man. Make your be your own man. Be your own choice, and don't let someone else, you know, action of showing up control you and say she's gonna I, i'm inviting her she may show she may not show 
but I'm going to extend the invitation because I'm not penalizing anybody. The fact that what happened with you guys has nothing to do with me. It was all you. It's your yeah. relationship. And I don't want to be in the middle of it. Yeah. And that, that I think in all reality, that's the way I'd handle it. Well, it's tough because they are like the closest of friends. She's calling her basically her only real friend. And and he and and he is her real her best friend also is her brother. But like I said, she's got to take herself from being in the middle and she can say it's up to you to show up and it's up to her to show up. I'm I'm inviting you guys. You know, we're all adults. You know, get yourself in check. Yeah. Their ideal outcome was preferably I can invite them both and my brother won't get mad, but I don't see that happening. So I think you just got to just separate and just say just the way it is. It's it's up to you guys to show up or not show up. You're adults now. It's the past is the past. Let's let's move on and you know, don't try to manipulate me and my brother. I love you and I want you to be there. Yeah, I'm not I'm just not settled on it. I don't I, know. I I I I understand the way you are. And you got to re- remember one thing. I'm 64. I got a song named after me. And with that came a lot of of life. Yeah. Of things that are bigger problems in life. This is not the biggest problem in life. And at the end of the day, you're going to go back in 40 years and you're going to think about the bad experience you had and you're going to say, that was a bad experience. I've had people that I, I have been very disappointed in our relationships, how they turned out. And I guarantee if they if they call, I've, I don't say that I, I dislike them. I just say they obviously made themselves a, from, from being the most intimate of relationship to a casual relationship. Yeah. And he has, with this person, a casual acquaintance at this point in time. That doesn't mean he has to be mean. That doesn't mean he has to be cruel. It just means it's not deep. It's a casual Hello, I know who you are. If someone said, "Hey, do you know Bonnie?" Yeah, I know Bonnie. You don't have to go into detail about your you and Bonnie's dirt in your life. I know yeah. Bonnie. You know, and that's it. And if you see Bonnie, hi Bonnie. I hope you're well. What a beautiful child. I, what a great guy. Your your yeah. husband Dave. What a great guy. And if Dave is if Dave is a pig, you can just say, "What a great child." And good luck with you and Dave. I guess there is something that's in the long run, it's easier to avoid the conflict. It's e- it's it's easier to kind of move on and not keep up the spite and everything. But let me tell you, it took me a long, long time to get there. It's part of growing. It's part of it's part of maturing to be able to take situations that are sometimes uncomfortable and just Make the best, get through it, and move on. And then you'll say, "I, shit, I tackled that. that was nothing." Yeah. And I moved on. We went. We go forward. And don't let these things, don't let this baggage of yesterday, own you for tomorrow. It's heavy. Get rid of that baggage. True. And he need and and her brother, and I hope that you play this for him, because it will help him to realize he can't let her own him. He's moved. She's gone. He's moved on. Be, be elegant. Elegance is key.
It really is. And, and you guys hear me say this over and over again, but people will, people grow respect for that person that holds himself high and doesn't duck in a corner and doesn't hide. There's no need for him to hide. He doesn't have to be center stage either, but he can certainly be amongst the family and among, and amongst the event. True. So that's where I stand on this one. So my advice is you invite whoever the hell you want to invite to your party and let them let 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 the let the kids deal with it. And if they want to be grown-ups, it will be even better. Yes, and please let us know. I'm very very curious. And to see how it really worked out. Okay. Okay. Let's keep going. I got I hope you have a good one for me. That was a good one actually. I enjoyed that one. That was a good one. This one, I am curious what you will think. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm just going to get right into it. My 20 female fiance, 23 male, doesn't like driving and gets driving anxiety really bad, and it's starting to wear on me a little bit. We've been together for three and a half years, and I've driven us nearly everywhere, which I've not minded too much in the past, considering I'm a pretty good driver and confident enough to drive in big cities, the interstate, etc. He's only comfortable driving to family's houses, which are very short distances, and even then, he hasn't driven in months at this point. I drive him to meet with his friends, to carpool to work. I drive us to the city. I drive to get food. Everywhere. Like I said, I normally don't mind, but lately I just keep thinking about the fact that this won't happen forever. I won't always be able to drive him to work or wherever he needs to go. Our town doesn't have a bus system or taxis. I try to talk to him about this and he immediately just gets defensive and expresses how much anxiety he gets while driving and how it doesn't matter how much he drives, it won't go away. I get that. I really do. But at the same time, sometimes I just want to be able to sit in the passenger seat not have to be aware and focused on driving all the time. And I'm worried that if he doesn't get over this, it will eventually affect his opportunities in the future when I can't be there to drive him. This seems like a petty problem and I feel bad for even being annoyed about it, but he won't even do so much as to drive us to the grocery store like 10 minutes from our house because he's afraid of the parking lot. We've had the conversation multiple times about this, and it goes the same way every time with no changes. What can I do about this? I love him so much, and I enjoy driving, but sometimes I need a break. I'm in college and about to graduate and get a full-time job, so my time will be taken up. As it is, I drive 45 minutes daily to school and back on the highway, and it's exhausting, not to mention our other countless trips. Do I totally suck for not just accepting his driving anxiety after being together for so long? There's a couple of things. First, you know, many thoughts come come to mind. My first thought is this something happened to this this guy that has given him basically for for an expression that that I will use, I call it age arrested or an impact in his life, some an experience. Some people call it post-traumatic. There's something that's going on here. So he just imagine uh, that you that you're with somebody who you love for better. And they say when you get married, better or for worse. So let's imagine he was great. He drove everywhere he wanted, and all of a sudden you're married for five. You know, 
year five into it, he gets in a car accident, blindsided, and something traumatic happens with that accident and he can't deal with it. And he, he's going through this post-traumatic. I would imagine that this is a psychological issue that probably maybe could be dealt with. I mean, there are people that specialize in hypnosis. They, they specialize in, in other ways of dealing with these um, phobias. And I would look into that for him. Obviously, you love him and you don't want to criticize him. If, 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 if you fell in love with this guy and he had uh, uh, a physical, you know, something that wasn't right physically that you could see or he, he was blind or he, his one nostril fell off the side of his face. I mean, and you're in love with him. It's, you're not going to see it because you're, you're in love with who he is. This is a part of who he is. And it's something that couples work through. And if you and if your love is is, I'm not telling you to break up with a guy because he he doesn't want to drive. Mm-hmm. But you, you have to decide: a, can you deal with that? Is is it going to affect your love? And I, I don't want to say it's shallow if it does, because it's all about what, how how you how you guys deal with your own relationship. Right. But I do believe that there's probably help for him out there. Yeah, I mean, I've seen too many things with with hypnosis and how things are interpreted with someone that's young, uh, uh, something that happened, and you go under hypnosis and they find the wire that was, you know, caused, you know, the incident that caused that wire to get, you know, go to the wrong, you know, receptor. Yeah, and they work on it, and believe it or not, through training, some of the stuff works out. My sister was terrified to fly, so she dealt with it by learning to fly. <laughs> And as soon as she soloed and landed a plane by herself and she understood it, she said, I'm okay. I can go flying now. Yeah. Now she yeah. didn't, she didn't keep, you know, with, with, with flying as, you know, as a, as a private, but she certainly got over the anxiety sure. of it. And people have different anxieties and they're real. Yeah. They're, this guy's anxiety is very real. I, I, I've met people that I, I was, you know, going to be 16 and be able to learn to drive. I was couldn't wait to get in the car. I think I was going to try drive illegally at 14 and 15. Yeah. You know, so I got my motorcycle license and I would take a motorcycle to to, to school every at the age of 15 because I was on the road when the day that I was 16, I was at motor vehicle in line at 7 a.m. Yep. I mean, I Me have my, and I have met, you know, people today. There's Uber. They don't give a fuck. They don't want to drive. They don't want to be a part of this this. And I was like. What is wrong with you? Are you broken? <laughs> you know, me, I was, dad, give me the key to every car and I'm going to go fill it up. Yep. <laughs> Let me add it. Yep. So it, you know, different people have different, different gears in their brain and how they work. So I would, I would look into seeing if it, if it's something that's real that he is living with it, that's traumatic to him. You obviously don't want anyone that you love to live in, in with a traumatic, uh, anxiety yeah daily right so it would it would be good cause to to see if you can get him help well and this one's not only debilitating mentally it's debilitating just in the, the function of modern life yeah and you can't become someone's i mean i guess you could but you don't want to become someone's personal driver forever and i I wouldn't feel so guilty about having these feelings because I would feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, 
like I understand feelings, I understand anxieties, but it's starting to become a problem. Now, what you and I don't know is if he's adverse to go get get some assistance. Well, and that's what I was going to get to is I feel like maybe if, sure, if this is post-traumatic or if this is stemming from something in the past, sure. But at some point, maybe it seems like he drove at some point or there was some driving. And I think the less now that he is driving, the more that you start taking over, I think the cycle is going to spit out of control to where he's never going to want to sit behind the wheel ever again. If if he has the anxiety from something that he, and by the way, he may have not a clue what triggered this. True. It could be totally blocked out. It could be an accident from when he was two years old. The anxiety is there that now that he's in that seat. We have no, we don't have a clue of all this stuff. So the answer really is, I hope that he that with with a nice conversation with her and that he might see the reason. Maybe I should go have it looked at because when people say go to a shrink or go you know let's go to a psychologist or a therapist to talk talk about it, the first thing that anybody that is really affected, their guards go up and they say, I don't want to. I'm not going to a therapist because what's happened is their subconscious takes over and says, I'm not going to go open that wound up. Sure, it's all about wounds. And if I said, if I looked at you had a scab and, you know, I said, oh, come here. I want to peel that off of you. You're going to look, are you out of your freaking mind? You're yeah. touching this arm. <laughs> well, someone that's got an emotional scar, trust me, the mind works amazingly well yeah. to self-protect. And it will divert. And the smarter the person is and the deeper the problem the more that they will divert and they will find every excuse in the world not to go near it. Sure. Her ideal outcome is I want him to at least start to drive us to little places like the store and other small outings to boost his confidence, but our conversations haven't swayed him. Right, because let's let's go back to my theory, which remember, I have no training on any of this shit. It's all theory. But let's just imagine that he... It is a, it, he doesn't his his subconscious is blocking getting that that thing healed. It's going to find every which way possible not to go down that road. This is exactly what it sounds like, and it doesn't matter if you if he takes small trips. He's going to have that anxiety because it's in a subconscious imprint. That wire is on the wrong receptor. But I do believe that it's going to take someone with some training to help him get through this. Yeah, for sure. Well, especially because their conversations are basically ineffective. That's right. I hope that you'll have a conversation that you guys can work it out together and get some growth and certainly get through this this issue because it if it is something that is that is deep as a post traumatic or a receptor or something that's wrong that that's just from a circumstance, it it has other implications of getting worse. As as you get older, it because it doesn't get better if you don't if if you're not going to go yep. confront it. True. Okay, moving on. Let's go do it. This one uh, for everyone listening. This one's a very heavy one. Uh, is do we should we warn him about anything that that about hearing this if it's a heavy one? It just talks about alcoholism and death. So. Okay. So if that's going to affect you, you may not want to listen to this one. Okay. Okay. Let's go. 
My father's one year of passing will be on March 22nd of 22, and I'm not sure how to feel. Unfortunately, my parents had separated when I was two. I am now 22 female due to my dad's alcoholism. Growing up, I didn't really have a dad. I had a really abusive relationship with my stepfather because my mom allowed him to bully me on a daily basis, and my dad still drank every day when I was growing up. He was not very nice to me when he drank, so I honestly tried to avoid speaking to him for a while. But he's my dad, so I still wanted to keep in contact. The day of my dad's death, I got a call from his job saying he hadn't shown up, which, although he had his issues... The one thing my dad never did was be late to work or not show up. I immediately called my mom and we drove to his house. My mom, my dad's neighbor, and I all banged on my dad's door and windows screaming his name, hoping this was just a fluke and he was asleep. My mom finally called it quits and called 911. The police and fire department showed up and ended up having to break in through the back door. They spent all of two minutes in his house, then came out and gave me the news. I don't think I've ever screamed or cried as hard as I did that day. My dad might not have been an addict, but he was always there for me. He would have done anything for me, and I know that. The next day, my mom was already making plans to get rid of my dad's stuff, rushing me and pressuring me to just get rid of everything. She ended up pressuring me into selling his perfect condition Cadillac for $250. We ended up having a huge fight over this. I tried to tell her it wasn't about the money, but the principle. She treated my dad's stuff like trash, and I was mad at her for a while. She since apologized and we're okay now, but within two weeks of my dad's passing, my mom and stepdad moved out of state, and now I'm the only one in my small family trying to make it on my own in Florida. I hadn't spoken to my dad since Christmas Day. And I never ended up seeing him because he had started drinking immediately. And as I said, he wasn't very nice when he did. I still have a card and a present for my dad that I never got to give him. And I feel like I'll never be able to get rid of it. I feel guilty for not seeing him. Probably one of my biggest regrets. The most upsetting yet ironic part is the last voicemail he left me said, Hey, it's your dad. I'm still kicking. Give me a call. And it makes me so upset. I don't even have recent pictures of him, and I'm already forgetting what he looked like. None of my friends have ever been through this, and therapy isn't financially available to me. I guess I'm asking for advice on how to deal with all of this. I'm sad and feel guilty almost every day. There are so many different ways that people can give a a different person advice to get through something. And as I heard your story... It reminds me of an event that happens once a year, and it takes place in August to, to I think, the last weeks of August, um, just before September, and it's called Burning Man. I don't know if, you've, if any of you guys have heard of it. And Burning Man is a very spiritual and awakening uh, event. Now, I have never been to Burning Man. I'm not... I, I'm told that I would be a great burner. However, I'm a hotel guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got you. But the, the, this is not meant to be humorous, but there is something that goes on at Burning Man. They build a temple 
it's a ritual every year that they build this magnificent thing. And at the end of the event, everyone goes in with something with something that they can't get rid of that, that, that extra weight. And they bring might be a shoe from their father. It might be a note from their father. It might be something where they go to release it, that, that energy into the universe. And I hear it is absolutely life-changing. People that have done this. Now, I have done some amazing things in my life and experiences that some people think that only a nutcase does. But I got to tell you, I've experienced some weird stuff. And it's been wonderful. And, it, and, and every one of you that are out there that write in, you know, what makes you know, what makes you, you, you know, what, what is your story? It's, it's these life events over these years that helps us and makes us who we are. But when it comes to you, my friend, we can come up with a dozen different suggestions, but the one that weighed out on me for you was Burning Man, because I think it will help you. Well, and it makes me think of uh, the last episode we did uh, it might have been the last one or the one before, but we talked about someone that was guilty uh, who had also just lost a parent, mm-hmm. and they were guilty for not having seen them in the in recent times. Mm-hmm. And you related that to your experience. I did, but and this one's different. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, not every experience is the same. And when I hear this one, all I could hear was just the the spirit, the the. the this, call them spirits, whatever it might be. It kept saying burning man, burning man, burning man. And I can't explain it, but that's that was the message I was getting in my head for something that might help you. And if all you can do is try it. Hi, everyone. So if you've noticed, uh, a few things have changed uh, from the last 20 seconds when you were looking at the uh, the screen. Justin and I are back. And the reason why we chimed in tonight is as I was doing just the sequence last uh, few days back that you're just previously heard, my brain absolutely wouldn't release from the word Burning Man. And I, as Morgan certainly said, Dad, can you give them any other options? I couldn't even think of another option. So, you know, Justin, as I'm had some time to think about it. Yes. There other things did come to mind. Okay. Now, you said I have given advice for other things with regards to experience. And the one thing that was different is that she was carrying a load of unfinished business. In my case, my business was finished. Sure. When when I lost a, a, a parent, being Jewish, is we make no secrets of, of my faith, that we deal with death on a different way that we go. It's a tradition that for every day for 11 months, you say a prayer, you go to a service and you say a prayer. And I don't speak Hebrew. I, de- I didn't know how to pray in Hebrew <laughs> before the event of my, my mother passing. When my father passed 20 years before my, uh, it was always said my brother would do this prayer thing. So I, you know, I pretty went, went on kind of, you know, as the story was, I went to the funeral home and I came to terms with it. I moved on. 
And, but when my mom passed, it was a different experience. And so I said to my brother, I'm going to do this experience. Hmm. So as I was doing this prayer service every day, which is not easy, you have to get people together to do it. And I lived in a town where we didn't have a giant Jewish population, northern Minnesota. And I went to a rabbi and I asked him a question. And I said, Rabbi, when I come to these services, for some reason at the end of the day, I feel better. I don't understand it. I, 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 it almost like dragged me tooth and nail to get here. Yeah. But once I'm here, and once we get through it at the end of it, I feel something different. And I said, why? And he said, well, when you get sick, um, what do you do? I said, well, typically I take an antibiotic, take two aspirin, send in my $5 to the doc, and go home and rest. And within a day or so, I feel great. Yeah. And he says, do you know how the, do you know how the, uh, you know, the, the antibiotic works? I said, no. He said, well, that's kind of the way that it works in the spiritual world. The medicine world is you take the medicine and it does its thing and you feel better. It heals your physical body. When you come here, it helped heal and close your spiritual hole that, that, that has been created by that, that passing that's left. And you don't know how it fixes it, but over time you notice that it's healing and you feel better. And I said, that's true. And he goes, that's the only answer I got for you. Mm -hmm. So that's one answer. And then I said, so to you, that might be one way is get together with community and go to a prayer services. And maybe that might help you. You might get something offered when you do that. But there's another one that I came up with. Okay. I'm a very spiritual person. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. And in many uh, different experiences, I have experienced mediums. Now, I've never gone to a medium and sat down with a medium myself and said, gee, can you, uh, you know, I, I don't have the number with me where they are in heaven but and the extension, but can you dial them up? Right. Never done that. But I've been to some some mediums in a show that I went with some friends that wanted to hear something. I went to a group where a medium came and was talking to everybody about the spiritual world. I thought it was a, I thought it was I was a lunatic when I walked into this thing and I was hearing it. And I, I had to put my seatbelt, you know, the seatbelt. Yep. I put the seatbelt on and sat down and before, after being there for an hour and, and listening to this, I sat the whole day and listened to it. And I, and it changed my life from that experience to understand about energy and how uh, through crossing over that the energy survives and whatever. And then my own personal experiences of, of listening in my head to my, to my mother when she would come by or my aunt or things that I would hear that I was close to that I can connect with. Sure. So I was watching Netflix the other day and they had a, a medium on that did a show and I said, wow. Another guy who's really able to, to offer people ability to maybe put something in different lights and communicate. And I don't say that nothing's not real. I say, if you can find a qualified medium that can reach out, you, 
it's possible that they may tell you something or connect that you'll see the reality of it within your own experience and might help you. At least to, to recognize that there's no negativity on the other side. And when the crossover happens, that how it, how it, how it works. Because I've heard this from too many different experiences just to, to just discount it and say it's, it's lunacy. Mm-hmm. So it's all, it's all what you are willing to accept in your mind that you can grasp. But these are other avenues that I was thinking that might work for you. Do I like the idea of taking the, the gift that you got for your father and the letter you have for your father and go to Burning Man and go to the temple and release it? To me, nothing's wrong with that. But there's nothing wrong with going to a medium sure. and talking to them or go to another experience of at least healing. It's about a year now, she said. And at a year, you should be feeling healing. If you're not, you definitely have to take some action and to help you through it. Yeah. So try some of these tools and see if any of them fit for you. And I am sure a lot of people hopefully will write in their experiences of Burning Man and if they have anything they want to share, look, everyone has their own way of doing this. So anyone that has a comment to help this person out, I, I, I really invite you to comment. Yes. Okay. Let's All right. go to the next one. Onward. Okay. Let's do one more. Let's do it. We now. got one last one. Good. Let's go. So my partner and I have been together for almost two years, and we found out some crazy news from his other family members. We found out from his aunt that his parents are cousins which means his grandparents are siblings. My partner is having a hard time dealing with knowing about it and doesn't want to confront them yet because then that puts his aunt in a bad situation with her sister. The other thing to note is my partner has a brother in the Marines that has no idea and we want to tell him, but we're waiting until we get our own apartment. So if his brother has a hard time dealing with the news, he would have a place to stay. The reason we feel it's important to inform him is because he plans on giving all his benefits to his mom. And since she's been lying for so long to them both, I think that's something to consider. It's even worse because I've asked why she has such a great relationship with her in-laws. And she always tells me that she knew the family beforehand because the city is small which I thought was weird, but great for her since it's not bad to have a good relationship no matter which side of the family. Okay, I got this one. Let's go. Um, in the history of many of many different eras, it was not uncommon at all for cousins to wed and have children. In our society today, because we know about DNA and we know about, it's obviously, you know, we, we, we make jokes about people that may have crooked teeth or, you know, may have, or teeth that are falling out. But the reality is this went on for centuries. Um, my grandparents, and being that they came from Poland and the old country, the way things were matchmakered, uh, my grandmother married her uncle. And in the United States, it couldn't happen. They went to Canada to get married. That being said, it 
when I went back to Minnesota, and I thought that, you know, when I heard the story from my, and my grandmother is one that told me this. And I was just like, you know, I didn't know what to think. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously you love your grandmother and my grandfather, you know, that they had a love for one another, but I go like, that's, you know, sick, you know, (laughs) can't imagine this stuff. The, the DNA imperfections that, you know, what happens with, you know, you you take the bad strings and you're mixing stuff so you get a more pronounced nose or you get a more pronounced hair or you get a more pronounced bald spot or you get a more pronounced, you have seven fingers rather than just five. You know, the, the bottom line is that I understand that 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 this right, writer feels it's the end of the world. It Back in many different, through the centuries, this was not uncommon. It is not common for our for our day, for our society, but it's out there. So, but there is a reason that he's having a really hard time with it. But the reality is, it's this went on. Yeah, and uh, your partner is obviously healthy. Um, I do believe that in some cases. Look, my brother is a borderline hemophiliac. My sister also has some blood disorders. My mother had blood. Could all those blood disorders because because of the connection of of her, my mother's mother and her marrying her uncle and conceiving children? Absolutely. Um, my blood work is fine. I am not a hemophiliac. I don't have factor eleven. I don't have any of these issues. You know, it's just you know, I, I talk with a tick and I sneeze. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. You know, well, and and beyond all of that, just I think it's mainly probably the shock value and the fact that then you just feel like you've been lied to or that you've been believing something that's like totally what not the truth I, is, and you feel that maybe left out from it, or you just feel like you've been in the dark. You know, yeah. I mean, that she's obviously was embarrassed. I I can tell you that my grandmother. Had, embar- had had a bit of embarrassment telling me this when she did, but she was bold enough to tell me about it. Well, I think that's the problem here is yeah. the parents have kept it in the dark because we get to the ideal outcome. We both don't really know what to do and would love advice on how to approach it. So especially since, of course, he's embarrassed of the situation since he's a firstborn of cousins in the family. His aunt also informed us that the fa- the whole family knows about it mm-hmm. and thought my partner and his brother knew, but just didn't talk about it. I, I think that the, the the partner should really go have a conversation with his mother and it should all become clean and say, you know, why didn't you tell me? But do it in a way that it is not adversarial, but more compassionate. Because obviously... There is a reason why she didn't tell you. She is embarrassed mm-hmm. or for whatever it is. So let's see if we can heal the wound by finding out really what it is. Uh, are you in any, any immediate health issue? I'm not smart enough to know that. I can only tell you by my own personal experience and reality that this is fact with re, regarding my bloodline. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it, I, it's, I'm doing fine. It doesn't. For the partner, I think it is a lot of the shock value and being left mm-hmm. out because it at this point it doesn't define you. Mm-mm. It has no lasting or 
crazy effects on you. Well, we so, don't we we don't know what the effects are. We don't know what the blood, how close it is. Sure, we don't know any of this. But the reality is that this person is functioning. They haven't had any health issues. They, I'm certainly up there. I mean, so we'd have to you know really let them find find out through their medical community. Go to a doctor and find out if there's any issues they should be concerned with. Once they find out the distance, right. if there if there is an exposure there for a problem, but far as they're functioning. It hasn't affected him thus far because he didn't know about it till you know up until a week ago. <laughs> That's true, and so probably the best thing is partner and then his brother go and have this conversation mm-hmm. and and just get it moves out forward. and get it out because at the end of the day, everyone's going to love one another. I mean, your family. Well, you're not going to change anything. Well, I, it's only it's only what it's only what you do to change it at this yeah. point. It doesn't make your your parents love you any less because let me tell you if you if your mom has given you love all all her all her life let's let's go with the big picture not the small picture true so what do we got next that's where that's where we end so we conclude with number eighteen yep number eighteen so uh, number eighteen is now going to be concluded let me tell you about the number eighteen uh, in Jewish. 18 is a very significant number. It's high. High means life. So you sometimes always hear to life. Cheers, I like it. cheers to life. So here's cheers to high, 18, which is very lucky. So we want everyone to have a lucky uh, week. And uh, we will look forward to show number 19. That's right. Are we going to have a Patreon after this? That's where we're headed. So uh, now that you're done with this, Click on over to Patreon, and we have one more for you. And I'm sure Justin will have me uh, in oh, my th- seat. This is a good one, yes. So he has promised us a little action, so <laughs> let's see what we get. Have a wonderful week, and thanks for watching. Bye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. 
Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.